with a different taker That's what makes our show great It's Sports Week Podcast Sports Week Podcast Hello everyone and a big welcome to the Sports Week Podcast Thanks for tuning in wherever you may be listening from right around the country and if you hadn't noticed, it's not the dulcet tones of old mate Daniel. It is Liam <laughs> here, back in the main chair tonight. And uh, great to be back, I should say, as well. Welcome, Welcome back, back, Liam. Thanks, fellas. Now, right off the bat, before I even do the, any intros, boys, just want to say a big thanks to old mate Daniel for filling in the last couple of weeks. Nice work, Splendid Dan. job, Daniel. Thank you kindly. How did you find it, mate, looking after this Motley crew? <laughs> very, very, very stressful. I'm uh, pleased to have you back, Liam. So, uh, straight over to you again, please. Thanks, mate. It's it's good to be back. And um, boys, huge show tonight. Huge show tonight. Damo, just did want to uh, throw out the official welcome back to you there, Liam. Uh, how did the the cruise around the Caribbean go? You purchase any casinos or any small countries in your in your travels? <laughs> nah, none yet, mate. But uh, did have a very nice uh, vacation with the missus, so feeling refreshed and good to be back. Uh, how you been yourself, Damo? Yeah, travelling all right. The D's are up and about, mate. So, yeah, welcome buddy. to September. So, you know, things are finally starting to look up after 40 million years or however long it's been. I was going to mention that. Did you notice Daniel and Damo walked in the studio tonight? He had a real sort of peacock strut about him. He did. He did real have a peacock. sort of Dermot uh, back strut. in the 80s look about him <laughs> strutting in. Main Conor two McGregor. things I noticed. Uh, Conor I McGregor. He's strutting uh, that glowing tan that you've got yourself, <laughs> man. <laughs> I think that's called sunburn, but anyway. And uh, Nate is here as well tonight, mate. Nate, how you been? Yes, very well, thank you. Very excited about tonight. We've got uh, some exciting news coming up, I believe. We do, we do. We've got some very exciting news coming up, but uh, it's good to be back, boys, so we'll crack straight into it. Now, on the agenda tonight, we've got uh, Sinners and Winners, as always, everyone's favourite segment. Beautiful. We've got a big, big serving of the AFL water cooler, as always. And gentlemen, we have a very, very, very special guest joining us tonight with Nate and Damo's boys, the D's, finally being back in September after such a long spell. We've pulled out the big guns and the high fire himself, Russell Robertson, is joining us tonight, boys. Oh, so Robbo. we're looking I forward to that. I have going to have a good chat to Robbo later on tonight. But boys, before we get into it, Daniel, you had something to say? Yeah, just again, I wanted to give a Massive, massive shout out to everyone that's uh, continually supporting the show. Keep it up. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts in person uh, over our social media platforms, however it may be. Uh, please don't forget uh, when you get an opportunity, give us a follow, a like or a, uh, a well subscription uh, across all the platforms. We mm-hmm. have Twitter, of course, at Sports Week Pod. Yeah, beautiful. Sports Week Podcast on Facebook and you can actually look for our distinctive graphic uh, on Instagram as well. That's uh, Sports Week Podcast. Again, thank you guys and keep up the great work. Thank you. How does that word go there, Dan? Distinctive. So, do you want to elaborate? <laughs> oh, it's on early tonight. <laughs> Pretty self-explanatory, mate. So. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Liam, right. <laughs> while you've gone on, while you've been away, I've had to hold the boys apart. So, look, uh, hopefully, boys can be civil tonight, do you think, Yeah. No, the only reason I ask is it's a fairly big word for Dan to be throwing <laughs> out there. Did you have to rehearse that one, mate? Or? <laughs> yeah. Three syllables isn't beyond me, mate. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised you actually get two out most of the time, Damo. So thanks for that, nonetheless. Great stuff, boys. Well, try keep us on track after that. And uh, we'll kick off, as always, with uh, Sinners and Winners of the Week. 
Now, Daniel, I'm going to give you the new ball from the Randwick end tonight, some right arm medium pace. <laughs> I'll do my best. Thank you for that, Liam. Um, now, my sinner for this week, I'm actually going to get stuck right into it, is actually going to be Melbourne victory. Uh, I'm going to put my hands up straight away in relation to what happened last week. I'm Did not sure you. any of you blokes actually saw the FFA Cup game against semi-professional side APL Leichhardt Tigers. Now... I didn't see it, but it did make news over in Phuket. It did make news over (laughs) in Phuket. Uh, You know what? As it should, because that was absolutely insipid uh, by the Melbourne victory. Now, just to fill you in, if you didn't catch it, they went down. Again, I will highlight that this is a semi-professional side against the A-League champs. Uh, They went down 2-0, did Melbourne victory, clawed it back to 2-2, and then lost it in the last five minutes. Now, victory. Musket, the 14-odd players that were involved that evening. You're the current A-League champions. You're coming off a massive, massive two weeks with the signing of Keisuke Honda. And you're boasting your impressive membership tally across all platforms on social media. And then you come out and produce that shit. It's simply <laughs> unacceptable. So I, as a member, expect more and, and better. And you know what? I'm sure I'm not alone there. I had to admit, boys, uh, I might have grinned a little bit. When I when I saw the not result, not only did you grin, I'm going to come out and interrupt you off the bat over here. So the second part of my sinner over here is none other than this. I won't even say what it is. Uh, sitting across the table from me, buffoon. Those that buffoon, let's go with buffoon. That's always the safe one. Those that listened the other week uh, would know that Damer has been having a good old cry since the Cats' late win against the D's in Geelong a few weeks back when Liam and I proceeded to tear him a new one immediately after the game had been played out. Damer was saying all sorts of things two weeks ago on that show. To name a couple, I heard, quote, I take the uh, high road, quote, show some class, <laughs> etc. I heard coming out of Damo's mouth. Well... Would you all like to know what Mr. High Road Damo himself did immediately after this one was played out? <laughs> I would. He proceeded to tag Nilo and I in the Facebook status update of the full-time score, and I'm pretty sure he was actually comment number one on that <laughs> status. So, to the walking contradiction himself, you too are my sinner of the week, and I also want to give you kudos for letting me speak for about three minutes uninterrupted. So, good work, Damo. Well, uh, two-part response to that. You're currently 1-0 up in the, the interruption game tonight. So, for those playing at home, uh, there's a shot, shot there. Oh, and, wait, uh, you've heard. Secondly, I figured what was good for the goose is good for the gander. So, oh, so come around, I, I thought two can play at that game. If, if you don't hold back, then uh, I'm certainly not going to. Two wrongs don't make a right demo. Sorry, Liam. Just one thing. Back to your first sinner. Now, as I said, it did make news overseas, that result, with old mates, uh, what are they called again? APL Leichhardt. Yep. I did see, Damo, that one of the blokes who plays for the mob who beat Melbourne Victory actually is the manager of a Macca store. So, <laughs> any of the Victory players want a you know, medium Big Mac meal or something, they don't have to look forward to those. So, yeah. uh, well done. A couple of plumbers. There was a plaster, I think. Bloke I think, worked I, at a pub think, as well. I think they had Barney in. the Booze Hound playing off left fullback. <laughs> Barney the Booze Hound. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Uh, excellent. <laughs> Good, good contributions uh, from you plastics over there from uh, the Melbourne City supporters. But I'll move it along to my winner, I guess. Um, I'm going to get in here and uh, you're going to be shocked at this one because I'm going to actually, uh, well, it's a two-part winner. But uh, my first one, I'm actually going to get in and name the Melbourne Demons uh, this week. So uh, I'm going to rein it in a little bit and it's for two reasons. Is that because Robbo's coming on? or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, more so than uh, well, for Damo and Nath. 
to be honest. But, <laughs> hey, what uh, do I do? <laughs> true, yeah. Uh, Nath just copped the drive-by for no reason, really. But uh, in all honesty, they've got it together and they look great. So, look, all season I've been giving it to them and Damo and Nath in the process. But, man, they actually looked really, really good. And I'm not just talking about that anniversary, Guernsey, which, may I add, looked absolutely brilliant. But to pulverise the Giants off the back of a massive, massive win out west, I think is worthy of being a winner for mine. Uh, I also want to inflate these two heads before they potentially get massively <laughs> deflated next weekend. So, well done, Dees, oh, for being my winner of the week uh, for this week. Uh, and um, my other winner, just briefly, I'm actually going to say that um, I wanted to... This one's a little bit unorthodox, but... I'm going to give a winner to the Ajax Football Club fans for uh, Ajax Amsterdam, that is, over in Holland. So, reason behind this is because uh, Bob Marley's son, Kai Mani, now hear me out, This is I'm going somewhere with this, he's one of the late reggae icons, 11 acknowledged children. Uh, Now, he was in Amsterdam. Make that of make of that what you will, of course. <laughs> he was watching Ajax take on FC Emin, and when he was shown on the big screen, the Ajax supporters immediately broke into song and sang Three Little Birds by the reggae legend. So, nice. absolute quality stuff by the Ajax fans to rip into that song at the first sight of his uh, son. Uh, so, they're my second winner of the week. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Liam. Thanks for that, Daniel. Very nice from you there. Now, boys, as we all know, I've obviously been away for a couple of weeks. So, as did Neil when he missed a week, I've actually stockpiled a couple. So, I'll try and fire through them, but I've got a couple that I want to get off my chest. Now, I'll start off with the negative side of things with the sinners. Now, my first sinner, I'm surprised this didn't come up last week, but uh, my first sinner is C. Judd. Old mate Chris Judd. What is This is fair. This is fair. This is fair. So for those who didn't see, Chris Judd came out, I think it was on Footy Classified last week, and had a crack at Melbourne, the players, for over-celebrating when they beat West Coast and finally made the finals. Really? Mm -hmm. How just pompous and arrogant can you be, in my opinion, have a crack at a club who hasn't played for the finals in 12 years. Over that 12 years, they've lost one of their favourite sons, Jim Steins. They unfortunately also had one of their ex-coaches pass away. Dean Bailey. Troy Broadbridge Troy as well. Troy Broadbridge as well, a former player. They've finally had something to celebrate, made the finals. And old mate Juddy's had a goal at him for over-celebrating on the field. Now, I don't know if you also saw this, Damo, but old mate, the Ox, David Schwartz, came out the other yeah, day in his see, article. did see this. Told Juddy to get stuffed and called Beautiful. him an, basically an elitist prick. Yep. Perfect. Well <laughs> yeah. done. So How I think was... we all concur with that. Chris Judd, that's just... If you don't know if you blokes remember when West Coast won the premiership... He didn't even look that excited when he got the cup. Yeah. Mm. I remember he held the cup for 10 seconds, then he waited for Cousins to come up. Cousins looked excited, but maybe that was because of other reasons. He might have been, <laughs> might, been on something, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, well under the Ds. And anyone having a crack at him over celebrating, I think, is pretty piss poor. So, Juddy, you're my first sinner. Now, my second sinner is the Fox Footies pregame coverage of the Essendon Port Adelaide game the other night. Not mm. Kingy. Kingy's involved in it, yes. Oh, now. You would. What I'm giving them my sinner for is, now, cards on the table. I'm not the biggest Brendan Goddard fan, as Daniel would well know. You're not. But I massively do respect what he did for the Essendon Football Club over six years. Yeah. Now, this was his last game, obviously, as we all know, boys, the other night against Port Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Now, you'd think, a bloke's last ever game, you might show a few highlights, talk about his career, how good he's been, blah, blah, blah. Fox Footy, instead, in their pre-game coverage, decided to instead do that, run through all the mistakes that he's made in the last month for That's Essendon. absurd. Jerks. Yeah, I saw that. Like, surely you could maybe show a highlight of his mark in the granny. Yeah. Something positive. Now, pretty, yeah. pretty disrespectful. Straight away, I saw on Twitter, 
Terry Wallace called this out, saying how pathetic that is from Fox Footy. Yep. And David King did reply instantly, while well, I think they may still have been doing the coverage, to Terry Wallace and said, it wasn't meant to be that. They ran out of time. They're going to show the highlights of his career after the game. But I think that's a piss poor excuse. It should have been done before the game. What was Kingy doing on his phone when he's supposed to be working? <laughs> oh, he might have been trying to get some work done. I'm not sure what Kingy was trying to do. But yeah, giving yeah. the Black Book a workout or something, oh, was he? <laughs> possibly. But I think that was uh, yeah pretty ordinary from... Uh, from Fox Footy there. Mm-hmm. Now, my third centre, boys, I'll run through this one quickly. Now, this, if you can believe it or not, Daniel, for the fourth time this year. Oh, look out. <laughs> I've got to do it again. I'm sorry. I know where this is going. I have to sing the other echoes again <laughs> for the fourth time, wow. which is a world record on the Sports Week podcast. Now, again, I don't know how this is possible, but the home and away season has now finished, yeah, and we are still talking about their preseason camp. Yeah, it obviously came out yesterday that the mob who ran the camp came out and did a press conference, yep. uh, denying that the Richmond song was played, and then the news last night cut to footage of Don Pike saying the complete opposite: the Richmond song was played. Yep. Um, it also came out yesterday that three times during the season, the program that they were running by was dropped, then reinstalled, dropped, then reinstalled by Don Pike Jeez. until eventually the club came over the top and sacked the whole thing. So if you wonder why the Crows had a shite-ass year, yeah. um, I think Collective Minds was their name. The, Collective Minds, yeah. yeah the mob who ran the, the camp. So I don't know if they'll be getting any gigs in the future, Collective Minds, but uh, well done on the Crows. You've had a piss-poor year and uh, <laughs> well-deserved sinner for the fourth time. They've got, to, they've got to have something to blame it on, don't they, boys? Well, they do. That's who they probably are blaming it on. But, uh, yeah, well-deserved sinner, I think, there. Now, move to the more positive side of things, boys. Now, I actually did have written down, I was going to mention old mates like Hart Daniel that uh, touched up victory in the right. well, like seventh probably division no side now. or something. No, no, I won't anymore now. But uh, my first win I'm actually going to give to myself, believe it or not. Nate. What? This guy? For Why? doing what exactly? Well, what have you done? I'll explain. <laughs> not a lot, but I'll try to explain. Yeah, while I was away, uh, as I said, went away with the missus and uh, stayed at a very nice five, five-star resort called, I think it was called Lee Meridian in Phuket. Now, as you get there, when you get the brochure from, you know, when you check in and they say, these are the events that are on during the day at the resort, massive resort. Mm. Uh, and it said, on Mon- we arrived on a Sunday. On the Monday, it says we have the weekly Lee Meridian table tennis tournament. Right. Now, oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, no. Now, now, <laughs> Seeing nothing, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a crack at that. I don't mind having a crack at table tennis, as you boys well know. Uh, that was the next day. So, anyways, over the course of the first day, I had a look around the hotel, the pool, and so forth, and not many to generalise, but the majority of people staying at the resort were probably of Chinese or Japanese descent. Uh-huh. So, again, not trying to generalise, but I thought maybe they might have me at table tennis uh, <laughs> thinking that. But, uh, not generalising at all. No, not at all. But nevertheless, my missus convinced me to give it a crack, so... I entered the table tennis tournament the next day, yeah. uh, got my game face on, did some stretches pre-game, demo as you do. Didn't uh, do a hammy? Almost pinged a calf, but uh, no. <laughs> now, much to the surprise, boys, I actually won the tournament. No. Oh, well Won done, the mate. table tennis tournament. Now. now, at this point in time, Daniel, I should say that in the tournament, there was only two entrants. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my missus. That was it. <laughs> And I had to put it to the sword. Uh, you didn't take best, it easy on the day? No, I didn't. Best out of three, 21-8, 21-9. Not in his nature. To, to <laughs> Not in my nature. So I won the, won the tournament. I actually asked the bloke, said, is there a trophy? And he said, no, no, no trophy. I must have a trophy or a prize. So he went into the function room, brought me out a hat, a Lee Meridian hat. So oh, I'm going to wear that with prize. <laughs> <laughs> Two things there. What's with the dodgy accent <laughs> in your reply? <laughs> Secondly, what, what sort of frosty reaction did we get off the dial? 
Yeah, it was a little bit frosty for a few hours, <laughs> but uh, to the winners go the spoils, Damo, and uh, very proud of myself to take that <laughs> home. Um, now, I do have one other winner I just wanted to quickly mention as well. Now, this is something I think Daniel will appreciate. Mm-hmm. While I was away also, on the course of one day, on the same day, I heard one commentator commentate both an AFL game and an NRL game on the same day. Now, this is old mate uh, Brenton Speed. Speed. Isn't he a legend? This bloke is an elite commentator. He's probably not not that well known. But this is the only bloke I can think of in Australia who commentates all three main football codes. He does. So, in the course of one day, you think all the plays you've got to know in a rugby game for both sides, it was Cronulla versus someone, whoever it was. Mm. Then that night, I heard him commentating the Swans v GWS. Yeah. Very nice. Completely different type of game. All the players, the rules. Yep. And not only that, he's obviously one of the main A-League commentators as well. And he does a really, really good job at all three codes. He is absolutely sensational. I'm, I'm glad he's actually uh, been given your winner of the yeah, week. it really surprised me when you see a bloke do that on the same day. That takes some real yeah. skills. So, Bretton Speed is my second winner of the week. But uh, I could go all day, boys, but I'll leave it there. I'll fling over the half-worn-out, born-out of Damo. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, good stuff there. So, all right, sounds I'll, about it. I'll start off on a positive note. So um, I've got a really, really short winner and then my main winner of the week. But my really short winner is uh, Daniel for his work hosting the show while yes. uh, Liam's been oh. away. So I've almost fallen off my chair. For what the first and only time, I'll actually be nice to you and uh, congratulate you on a job well done. So, Jeez, uh, kudos to you. Dan and um, good effort there. Did he thank get a bit nervy on the first week or was he just straight into it? To be honest, he was all over it. So, uh, took <laughs> nice. it in his stride and um, did well. I, w- I so wanted to insult him there, but uh, <laughs> we just stick with the uh, compliment and well played. Take, it, take what you can get. Amazing. Thank you, Damo. Um, and my main winner of the week, um, you would have seen today in the news, Manu Ginobili. Yes. Oh, oh, very good, good Damo. Very good. So, um, old mate Manu actually officially retired today after 16 seasons at the top level for the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very successful career. So, four-time NBA champ. He was a member of one of the more dominant teams in recent history, obviously along with you know, the likes of Tim Duncan and Tony Parker. Two-time All-Star representative, multitude of other awards, including a gold medal at the Athens 2004 Olympics. So, Superstar. you boys will remember, obviously, um, Argentina coming out on mm-hmm. top there. Uh, and well-deserving of my winner of the week. So thanks to a great career, Manu, and uh, that bloke hit so many clutch shots that, you know, more than I can actually remember and, Mm, you know, fantastic player. So well done. And on to my sinner of the week. I feel like there should be some dun-dun-dun music (laughs) behind me, boys, because uh, I'm pretty annoyed about this one, but I I wouldn't be alone. Ticker Tech. Oh, they've had a mare, haven't they? Oh. <laughs> so, myself, along with thousands of other footy fans today, were absolutely dismayed when the official ticket tech site went into meltdown. So, oh. if you're not aware, basically what happened was the uh, membership uh, tickets went on sale today for the first week of the yep. final series, mm-hmm. and it stayed online for about 32 minutes. So, essentially what happened was the site went down for the whole day. You were unable to get anything. It came up uh, with a message that the allocations have actually been sold out, which you could imagine sent the social media world into Mm -hmm. absolute overdrive. And the main thing, I I guess, is that it just reminds me of the Optus World Cup debacle and and just another example of a corporation offering substandard service, which, quite frankly, isn't good enough. So, you bunch of peanuts, pick up your game. (laughs) Nathan. 
Is it before you go ahead, Nate? Is it true what old mate Titus O'Reilly said on his Twitter account yesterday that the last time Melbourne fans had to buy finals tickets, they actually had to buy them from Brashes? Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a low blow, but he's uh, a good Melbourne yeah, man, though. Could have could have very well been true. I think <laughs> you know, last time I got mine on the Telegram, but uh, <laughs> anyway, Nathan. <laughs> well, uh, I've actually been absolutely uh, swept here. My sinners were obviously the group that. Uh, were involved with the uh, the Adelaide Crows there and, and Don Pike, a bit of a double there. Oh, a double. It was. Uh, second one was actually uh, Ticketek as well. Oh, so oh, I'll no. just add on to that. Uh, <laughs> old mate Steve Quartermain, uh, very, very comical on Twitter, by the way. This is one of his this, – this should have been more like uh, uh, something I'd expect out of Titus, mm-hmm. but old Quarters has let the funny out today. But certain is in life, death, taxes, and Ticketek stuffing up at AFL finals time. So well done, Corners. Spot on. But, um, yeah, that was my – Sinner, so I'll just move straight to our winner, if you don't mind, boys. Go ahead. Um, now, this is uh, something that I mentioned briefly last week. Channel 9 revamping uh, the Super Netball. Um, yeah, I'm happy to confirm that over 1 million people tuned into the nail-biting Suncorp Super Netball Grand Final. Wow. Uh, Suncoast Lightning got up uh, 62 to 59 over the Fever. So, uh, yeah, a well-deserved win to uh, the, the Super Netball, obviously going through like a rebranding. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I was super excited to watch that over the weekend. And, look, hopefully the NBL can follow suit this year. Also uh, signing with nine, as I mentioned last week. So, uh, very deserved winner to the, uh, the Super Netball and, of course, the Sunshine Coast Lightning, boys. The old fever living up to their name there, boys. Didn't didn't quite feel the best at, on that particular day. Yeah, let's hope something similar happens uh, over in Perth this weekend to the Eagles. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we're pretty happy with that, uh, boys. Very well Very said, nice mate. Week. I must have missed that while I was away. Is the NBL now on Channel 9? Yes, say- mate. Yeah, I thought you listened to the show there, Liam. Well, in, in between cocktails I was, but uh, <laughs> is that true? Fans. So it's full on Channel 9? Yes. Yeah. That's awesome for the league then. Yeah, really, really good. I mean, the NBL obviously going with a massive uh, rebranding. Uh, they got a lot of the uh, Guernsey relaunched during the week. They right. look fantastic. New Zealand, in, in particular, have a, a beautiful looking uh, jersey there. And of course, uh, Andrew Bogut. Um, they're really sort of uh, going to you know try and ride those coattails. And why wouldn't you? So I expect big things from the NBL this year, Liam. Should be very interesting. But uh, we'll leave it there, boys. For sinners and winners, a very nice rendition there. And uh, I think what we'll do is crack straight into the AFL water cooler, which we love to do every week. Um, so for those who are listening for the first time, this is our segment where we try to go a bit more in depth in some of the big issues in the football world over the last seven days. So um, obviously, as I said, we've got Russell Robinson coming up soon. So it might be a bit Ooh, of a uh, abbreviated water cooler tonight, but we're going to go through a few quick topics. We're going to have a chat about the AFL's decision to schedule a Thursday night final in Melbourne with the Richmond v Hawthorne game. Now, I know Daniel and Damo had some strong differing opinions on this when we had a chat about it uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, I might let Damo kick off with this one. Damo, what were your thoughts on it? Firstly, Hawthorne Richmond is the reason the ticket tech site crashed today. (laughs) So they're on my shit list to start to begin with. He's grumpy already. Yeah, not happy. I wanted to get those tickets today. But anyway, uh, enough of that. 
I mean, it isn't good for the kids or, or people travelling, you know... Regional supporters. Uh, ...self-explanatory, but it is for TV, and, and that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, for your average Joe Blow sitting back on the couch, he's got finals footy Thursday night, he's got finals footy Friday night, he's got finals footy Saturday night, and then back to reality Sunday with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, like, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it is going to affect a small minority, but they're going to pack the G out anyway. Absolutely, and you know what? I'm your average. Joe Blow, that's me. I'm, I'm loving it. Absolutely. I love Thursday night football. And to be honest with you, and this was actually sent to me by um, your good self, who, uh, well, you found someone who shares my views on uh, Twitter. Uh, as mm-hmm. well, I actually uh, mentioned to you guys the other day that that game that they actually scheduled for Thursday, uh, Hawthorne versus Richmond, that'll sell out the G at 4 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> and it, it will. It will. So it, it, that's what it is. It's the commercial reality. I'm not sure they care too much. Uh, their, their refute will be watch it on television, unfortunately, if it doesn't suit you. But what I'm getting to over here is the uh, screenshot that you sent me the other night, Liam, and that actually came from EFC, uh, Essendon uh, supporters page on Twitter. Uh, where they actually said, I'm overseeing people complaining about a Thursday night final. I'd watch the Bombers at 3.05am on a Wednesday morning if it meant finals. <laughs> you may be a little tired the next day, but I'm sure a cup of coffee will cure that. So, you know what? Make it a double shot coffee the next morning. Stop complaining. And you know what? If you really want to be there, you'll be there. Liam? I, I, I see that point. Um, that's why I texted you that, because I know that you would agree with that. But I'm not meaning to be the one who's disagreeing tonight, but I do disagree with you, with you boys in in that. I think strongly, it's a, or <laughs> I think it's a pretty ordering decision from the AFL. Um, so many families go to the game, so many kids go to football games, and it's obviously not school holidays, Damo and Daniel. It's not school holidays at all. No. Um, so these kids, they're not going to go. Like it's not going to little eight year old kids are going to be. You don't get home from like till like eleven thirty midnight after the footy with the trains. Imagine the trains, hundred thousand people. So all the kids who can't go, who go every week to watch their side play, they're finally in a final, they can't go. How many members of these clubs would be regional supporters, like from Bendigo, Ballarat, all the, thousands, thousands who'd come down for the for the day if it was a Saturday or a Sunday. Hobart. Uh, Hobart, wherever it may be. I, I don't think they'll get over 95,000, as you were saying. I don't. I think they'll get close. I'd probably say high 80s, but I, I'd, I'd be pretty certain they'd probably cost them 5,000 doing this. Um, in my opinion. It's just a money grab for TV rights. That's all it is. It's for TV ratings. That's it's what not, it is not about the about. fans. It's Definitely. about the TV. But how many millions will they make off advertising? Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's the right call, though. The fans should come first. It's the fans' game. There's a lot the of, fans, there, what's the game? There's a lot of variables there, but at the same time, there's two weeks to actually prepare for this. There's the buy-in between. You know yeah, what? If how do you, you prepare really a six-year-old to get up, get home at midnight and they're going to be up at six o'clock to go to I'll school? drag my kid out of school for one day. <laughs> Why not? It's a Friday and your team's in the AFL finals. Drag him out of school plan yourself a bit of annual leave and get to the game. I have to admit, boys, there's part of a a selfish sort of, I guess, uh, reason for being happy with that particular decision because it does mean the Mighty D's their Friday night footy (laughs) after work at the G. uh, I couldn't be happy with the way it turned out, to be honest. I, I love Thursday night footy. Uh, it, is, it is a little bit selfish for me as well. But I guess my point is as well, there's a lot of variables. I mean, where do you draw the line? So if it's scheduled for 2 p.m. on the Saturday and these mm-hmm. people that are busting to get to the game, uh, be it that they live in Richmond or if they live in Ballarat and they've got a wedding scheduled on the same day for a close family member, they still can't make it. The reality is you've still got two weeks to prepare. You can book yourself a bit of annual leave. You know what? Call the teacher and say, yeah, my kid's a little bit sick. <laughs> Bring him into town, book yourself a hotel room and stay the long weekend. For me, Thursday night football has to happen, especially in the finals. So I'm absolutely pumped about it. 
Couldn't disagree more, but let's hear Nate's views on it. Dan, will you be paying the $300, $400 hotel fees for those particular <laughs> families? But look- um, Not for them. For me and my hypothetical kid, I would. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's yeah. Who could argue with that hypothetical kid? Um, so <laughs> I think to me, um, it kind of backs up your point, boys, uh, with with the whole family thing. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey cannot. The AFL are in control of this. Uh, we have no say in real terms. Putting it at night, particularly on a Thursday night, it's going to be very hard for a lot of families and younger people to attend. So that's the president of the Hawthorne Football Club. So he's being a bit diplomatic there, fellas. But mm-hmm. I think we can read between the lines. Damo, you said there's going to be a hundred k at the MCG no matter what. They're going to get a million watching on TV no matter what, whether it's a Thursday night or a that's Sunday. True. And to the team that's uh, playing, obviously in the sem- semi-finals as well, it's an eight to nine day break um, for either Richmond or Hawthorne. So it's a bit unfair. Isn't part of it, say for example, Richmond and Hawthorne finishing top four? If they were to lose that game, it gives them obviously a longer break for the next final having to play the next week. So playing on the Thursday, hypothetically, if Hawthorne were to beat Richmond, it would give Richmond probably a 10-day break until they played maybe potentially on the next Saturday against whoever they were to play. Would that be part of the reason, do we think? or Part of the reward for coming first and or top yeah, four? Potentially. 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 Yeah. yeah, but I mean, my, my main point, I'd rather see football on a Sunday there, Liam. On a Sunday, really? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's if if you could have the game Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, well, we want that. It's a lot better for families. Totally agree with you in that regard. I, th- I think it's a pretty sh- pretty shit ass decision from the AFL, but we'll see if the people vote with their feet and turn up. Um, we all know the TV ratings will be through the roof, obviously, but if they do get ninety five thousand plus, um, will be uh, very interesting. Let's just have a quick straw poll over or under. Will they get ninety five thousand, Nate? Yes or no? Yeah, of course. Daniel. Yep. Be a sellout. Over ninety five. I'll go the under. I'll go they'll get under 95. But really? uh, we'll see what shall happen, fellas. Um, now, boys, we'll keep things moving. What we're going to have a little bit of a debate about now is who should win the AFL Coach of the Year. Now, there's some pretty strong candidates due to some sides that have probably performed better than expected and some sides that have been really good again. I might take the new ball on this one. So I've narrowed it down to two boys. Now, I'm going to give my runner-up. Now, this may surprise a few of you. Um, I'm going to give my runner-up to Brad Scott. Now... At the start of the year, boys, when we did our pre-season show, uh, pre-season prediction show, I should say, we all rated North's list as about an F minus. We all said that <laughs> list was absolute shizenhausen. Uh-huh. Every one of us tipped North to win the wooden spoon comfortably. Uh, now, I know they haven't made the finals, and they've missed the finals by, I think it might have been one game, Daniel. Is that right? You got the ladder there? One game, sir. One game they've missed the eight by, and they've had a really, really good year. For that list to get so close to playing finals, I, I do think it's a bottom four list, mm. and he's got it so close to playing finals. Um, I think that's a really good achievement from Brad Scott. A lot of people, I know, a lot of North fans don't really rate him, but I think to get that list so close to September deserves a shout out. Now, he's not my coach of the year, obviously, but I got him as my second. Now, my choice for coach of the year, boys, I could have gone the easy option and given it to the side who finished on top, Damien Hardwick. Um, but Richmond were very good last year, and obviously Hardwick's had another great year as coach. But I'm going to give it to Adam Simpson of West Coast. Now, okay. again, for those, uh, Nate, who heard our preseason show when we did the predictions, yeah, I had I actually had West Coast as my slider this year, who I thought would uh, miss the hate after last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been sensational. They're going to finish second on the ladder. All that without Nick Natanui for the majority of the year. They've missed... Uh, Josh Kennedy for large large parts of the year. True. I think they've had a sensational year, West Coast. Huge effort from Adam Simpson. And to me, yep, he's my standout coach of the year. No? Very nice. Just with the Adam Simpson thing, uh, I think one of the worst coaching performances of the year is when uh, he lost Jack Darling and uh, 
Kennedy. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And you blokes run over him. He didn't know what to do. Yeah. That mm. does not strike me as the coach of the year. He had no plan B or contingency plan. And three of us all sat in this room and said that. So what do you say to that? Well, I say to you, Nate, the season's not one game. It goes for <laughs> six months a season. And unless my eyes are deceiving me, all, uh, West Coast is going to finish second on the ladder. So I think they've had a sensational year. Again, I don't think they're... Uh, list is probably as good as some other clubs, but to finish second, I think, is a sensational achievement. Damo, you don't agree? I was just going to say, boys, could that be potentially a new drinking game for the listeners at home? For the, I would have to disagree with you strongly. This <laughs> yeah. drinking yeah, game. Every time that comes up, you've got to drink Keep a shot. Keep those marketing ideas coming out, Damo. You're doing well. Daniel, thoughts so, Adam Simpson? I, I think uh, that's within reason, to be honest with you. I mean, they finished second and uh, they climbed from eighth uh, last season. I reckon these two boys are being a little bit harsh on you. <laughs> Very harsh uh, on you, I, Nate. I, I'm, I'm pleased at the fact that uh, Nate actually called out that we tailed him up over there in uh, WA, but that's uh, probably my highlight of his uh, rebuttal. <laughs> and yours, Daniel? Um, Runner-up and coach of the year? Runner-up, uh, uh, now, you think yours was unpopular. Uh, I'm, I'm going to actually go with uh, I'm going to go with Alistair Clarkson. Uh, okay. I, I, I have to do it. Uh, he has, f- for me, uh, I, I perceive Hawthorne, and look, people might, might strongly disagree with this. I perceive them as going through a rebuilding uh, phase at this point in time, having let go of some of their most senior, most influential players over the past couple of seasons. Hodge, Lewis. Yeah, Mitchell, to name, Mitchell to name a few, exactly right. Yes, they've recruited quite well, but at the same time, uh, to actually come back and finish, when they finish fourth, fourth, four. yep. fourth after finishing 12th last season is just a testament to that man. Uh, and the, the club as a whole, but I, I think uh, to bring it together that well uh, in, like I say, quite in quite a rebuilding phase is actually a really, really master. solid effort. Mm. Now, uh, my coach of the year might also actually be very unpopular, but I Stuart think... Stuart Jew? <laughs> not, not Stuart Jew, oh, no. Uh, how about Rossi Lyon? Uh, well, I was going to say Matthew Knight, but no. Matthew Knight? Uh, uh, it, it's going to have to go uh, hands down to Nathan Buckley. Uh, there is no ifs or buts about Good it choice. for mine. Um, he has been put through the absolute ringer by fans of the game, by fans of his Mm. club, by absolutely everybody, the media. I actually bumped in, and Liam, you were with me one uh, Saturday evening uh, at Precinct over on Bridge Road in uh, Richmond. We bumped into a former player of Collingwood who shall remain unnamed, and we asked him specifically, what are your thoughts on Nathan Buckley? And let me just say, he did not have a lot of kind words to say (laughs) about the way that Nathan Buckley goes about it. So he will remain unnamed. What'd you say his name was? <laughs> Unnamed. Go on. Uh, but he played in a couple of the losing grand finals. We'll leave did. it at that. He did. Let's just Daisy. leave it there. Exactly right. So, look, uh, Bucks has actually come out after that. He's stuck to his guns. He's stuck to his game plan. They finished last season in position number 13. They've been decimated with injuries all season long, and he's brought them up to third. If that, for me, isn't a coach of the year, then I'm not sure. Made him third for what it's worth. He was in my top three, Bucks. Good. Uh, Pleased to hear it. Um, I'm going to throw it over next to Damo. 
I don't think there's a real uh, lot more to add to that, to be honest, boys. I, I think the two best coaches of the year were Clarko and uh, Bucks. Obviously, Bucks that close to losing his job last year to come back to where he did. And um, Clarko, I think, just to uh, go through the rebuild that they did, I, I'm pretty sure no one had them come and top four at the start of the nah. year. And it just reiterates that he's probably not only the best coach in footy at the moment, but probably one of the best coaches in any sport going around anywhere at the moment. I, he's, he's a absolute jet. I did mention this a couple of weeks ago to mm. Mario when he was on the show, Daniel, if remember, I actually said that in my lifetime, he's the greatest coach I've seen in Australian sport. That's right, Alistair yeah. Clarkson. Yep, fair. Um, I think he's been absolutely sensational. Hard to disagree. Did you boys have any thoughts on, I guess, who the, uh, I guess, who the biggest disappointments were of coaches this year? Well, we haven't honestly planned for that question today, so that's, uh, we might save that to next week, I think. We'll probably have to have a bit of a thing about that, but uh, That'll be one for next week, I think. We'll have a look at the most disappointing uh, sides next year. But, yeah, we've got a few contenders there. We've got Clarkson, uh, Simpson. Who else did we have there? Buckley. Buckley, yeah. Yeah. What were your thoughts on that, Nath? I think you can't go past Richmond, obviously. Damien Hardwick, uh, who's obviously coached the best team in the competition for two years now. I just did uh, – I, I was going to say Clarko as well, to be honest, because – just what he's been yeah. able to do with that list and just uh, rejuvenate it is absolutely amazing. And I just wanted to give an honourable mention to Chris Fagan as well. I really enjoy watching the Brisbane Lions this year and what they've been able to reduce with such a, a young list. So, um, yeah, look, obviously I'll go with Hardwick. Uh, Clarkson as runner-up and honourable mention, obviously, Fagan as well. I'd agree with Chris Fagan. He's had a really – they're really building Brisbane. Yes. Um, but I think that goes to my point about Brad Scott. Like, Brisbane – we're putting Fagan in the conversation. They finished, I think, third last. Yep. I think they've got a much, yep. much, much better list coming through than North Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, Brad Scott's just missed the eight. So, interesting discussion there, boys. Um, we've also got a few contenders there for the coach of year. But upon Damo's request, next year we'll look at the other side of the coin with the most probably underperforming coaches. Look forward to uh, that. So stay tuned for that. We know Daniel's going to say Ross Lyon, but nevertheless, <laughs> well, I was going to say my, <laughs> mine was easy. I'm not prepared, but I would have just launched right into it. What so. about Bolts? You've sitted Carlton a few times. I have, I have, um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd go Ross Lyon again, to be honest. <laughs> Ross Lyon, there you go. All right, boys, so uh, last up in the water cooler for this evening, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're actually just going to give our predictions for the first week of the finals. Uh, so around the table, I'll kick off. Richmond Hawthorne, <sighs> I hate to say it, but I think the Tigers will get the job done there. So Richmond for me, Damo? Yeah, I think Richmond will win quite comfortably. Comfortably. Hate know. to say it, Liam. No, I'd actually uh, want Richmond to be Hawthorne, to be honest, and that's saying something, and I think that they will. Nate? Uh, yeah, just based on form, MCG, you got to go with Richmond. There you go. Clean sweep for Richmond. We'll bring this game up the order. Melbourne v Geelong. Now, this is a game which is very close to two of the boys' hearts in here. I'll kick off. Now, I'm very sorry, gentlemen. I'm very sorry, but I'm going to tip the cats. I just think too much finals experience. Ablett, Dangerfield, Salwood, Hawkins. I think they might just get the job done, boys, for me. There's no point even asking Damo and Nate. They're going to tip the D's. Let's just get Daniel's thoughts. This one's tough. And, you know, I was, I was almost going to like, I was almost going to sit on the fence completely. But um, look, the days in the past two rounds have been absolutely sublime. And uh, the main thing I've kept on saying, they've got the monkey off the back. They beat two teams in the top eight. But then you look at Geelong and they boosted their percentage by about 100 <laughs> in the last two rounds as well. And you know, you, you've probably just about swayed me to go Geelong by what you said when you highlighted the fact that they've got that much finals experience. 
I'm going to say cats in a really, really, <laughs> really tight one, which which probably actually uh, rubs these boys the, uh, up the wrong way even more so. Uh, I hope it's not another one-point loss. For what it's worth, I hope you guys get over the line, uh, but I might go with the cat. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, you know where you can put those words of sympathy, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to soften it and it's still going me. Unbelievable. <laughs> they're with the Melbourne boys in the room. We're not going to ask who they think will win because I know they're going to say the D. So we're going to ask you a different question, Nate. Why are Melbourne going to win? Because of our long, long, long memory. <laughs> and uh, I think Max Gorn, the future Brownlow medalist, will kick five. Expecting to play up forward this week. It seemed to work Max last Gorn. week. And Damo, I've been calling for a, a forward restructure for the last couple of weeks. I thought Max Gorn, obviously, uh, moving into the forward line as opposed to what he's been doing all season is trying to sort of uh, fill that void from Jake Lever all season where they actually did the opposite on the weekend and it really worked. Gorn to kick five. It's funny you say that because a lot of the talk in the media over the last week or so has been how Gorn's been floating um, down back a fair bit. Um, Me personally, the reasons that Melbourne will win this week, um, I think it's a pretty good time of year to hit form. Um, I think they're starting to tick the boxes right at the right time of year. Um, I think the type of brand of footy that they've been trying to develop up until this point of the year um, is only just starting to come together. And, and, you know, Goodwin's quite firm that it's a type of footy that'll stand up in September footy. But, you know, probably the biggest re- payback's a bitch. And <laughs> I, I said it a few weeks ago um, on the on the show that next time Melbourne gets gets their hands on, on Geelong, they're going to tear them apart. And I honestly believe that. Um, I could see it in the boys' eyes um, a few weeks back when it occurred. And I think their opportunity couldn't present itself at any better of a time. And um, what better time to do it than Friday night footy? Go Dees. Interesting. We'll have to get Robbo's thoughts coming up soon as well, what he thinks on the big game. Would you say, Daniel, just uh, wanted to ask you one question. Now, we've been around old mate Damo when the Ds have <laughs> lost the odd game here or there. Do you fear for the people in his vicinity safety <laughs> if Geelong were to get the chocolates next week? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, I, I hope uh, on Friday night... I haven't got my phone handy after a couple of beers and did, did touch wood that uh, the D's are out and I decide to do something silly and oh, uh, right. shoot a text to Dame. I reckon you'll find me no matter where I am in the city <laughs> and I'll be in a, a lot of trouble. But I don't think I've seen Damo this bullish about the D's in a while or, or, or ever for that matter. So it's actually it's good to see. Is. Should be very interesting indeed, boys. So we'll move on to the next game in the finals and we're going to have a look at West Coast versus Collingwood, which should be an absolute cracker over in Perth. The first final ever at uh, the new Optus Stadium. Should be interesting. I'll kick off with this one, boys. I think West Coast will get the job done at home. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty close game. Collingwood, as you said, Daniel, have had a great year, and I agree with that. They've been very good. I just think at home, with Kennedy back, they're going to be pretty tough to beat West Coast. So... I'll tip West Coast by not much, probably about three goals, I'd say. Daniel? Pretty fair synopsis, to be honest, and hard to disagree. I, I think the Pies are coming next season. Uh, they're going to be a force to contend with. And, uh, I mean, they won't be eliminated if they do lose this mm-hmm. game, but I, I do think West Coast will be too strong uh, out West. For those playing the uh, drinking game at home, here's number three. I would have to disagree with you strongly. <laughs> I think Collingwood Woods. are going to win. Yeah, Interesting. I wow. think I think um, the midfield will be controlled. Obviously, um, 
uh, from the ruck straight into Pendlebury. Grundy, Trelo- yep. Grundy, you know, in the ruck. Trelaw's back this week too, I believe. Is that correct? Well, they got the week off, obviously. So he's got another ten days yeah. or two weeks to recover. Well, in in at mm-hmm. this week, as in the next game. Yeah. And um, is up and about. I I actually think the the game will be controlled from the middle, and I don't think Kennedy will get a huge amount of opportunity, and I think Collingwood will win. Interesting. Nathan. I'm going to agree with you there, Damo. Uh, we're still uh, Brody uh, Grunny, who's been amazing. Trelaw, hopefully back. Uh, Dugowie. Pendle's actually playing a, a great year as well. And one of my new favourites, Mason Cox, to dominate, um, I think, uh, Collingwood. Do you D's boys have a bit of sympathy for your old mate who's going to miss out on the final series for Collingwood, who who done his knee? His name escapes me at the moment. Lyndon Dunn. Lyndon Dunn. Yeah, definitely. Funny you say that. There's actually a photo I saw of him floating around on social media, actually at the Melbourne game. Um, after GWS really? and uh, taking a, a snap with a fan, Sitting I believe, yeah, in the Red Legs area, I believe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was good to see Dunny still being involved with the club. Very interesting. Now, the last game, boys, of the first week of the finals, it's the, what do they call it, Daniel? The Battle of the Bridge, I think the name they call it. They do indeed. Uh, the Sydney Derby, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Swans versus GWS. For me, I think the Giants were a bit too decimated by injury. They've still got quite a few players out. Obviously, Buddy will come back refreshed from the week off he had against Hawthorne, same as Luke Parker. I think Sydney will get it done for me. Just a stat about Lance Franklin, boys, before we go ahead. I did read the other day in the history of the All-Australian side being announced, the squad, Lance Franklin has more nominations for the All-Australian squad than any player in the history of the game with 11. So 11 years of his career, he's been in the All-Australian squad, which is a phenomenal stat. So, Swans for me. Damo? I'd agree. I think all sorts of things have gone wrong for GWS this I year. Had much and, luck, nah. mm. and I mean, I think their confidence is probably pretty low, especially after last week um, when they had a bit to play for. Mm-hmm. And then to have the Derby first week of the finals in an elimination, Sydney are pretty experienced and they'll turn that game into an absolute grind. And I think they'll get over the line. I don't think there'll be too much action. Oh, don't get me wrong, action is in scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be plenty happening around the ground, but it'll it'll be a pretty pretty slow state of affairs, and I think Sydney will control the game and get up. Daniel? I'd love to be surprised, but I don't think I will. Uh, Sydney actually, well, Sydney beat them two weeks ago by 20 points, uh, as you two boys alluded to. Buddy's back in the system, uh, back, in, uh, back in the team. Uh, I'm, I'm going to predict the Swans are going to do much the same. What about you, Nate? Yeah, absolutely. Sydney's uh, beat GWS the last three times. Uh, Sydney Swans, always going to be scary, but a fresh Sydney Swans. Uh, you, you better just uh, uh, bring your A game because uh, they're going to uh, absolutely blitz GWS. There you go, boys. So that's the synopsis for the first week of the finals, Damo? Um, I was just going to say, was that was that everything for the water cooler today, boys? Think think we're done with the water cooler. Yeah. I did have a couple of breaking stories um, for our listeners at home that may not be aware. So apparently, uh, Shiel uh, from GWS, you're familiar with Shiel as a player, boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dylan yep. Shiel. He's been linked with the Bombers next year. Yep. Yeah, there's so, been talk about that. Lisa. Yeah, so oh, I no. think he'd suit exactly what they're looking for. Uh, there's also um, a lot of rumours around Chad Wingard going to Carlton today. next year. Apparently, they've had his medical files sent over. Why on earth would he want to leave Port to go to Carlton? Wow. Yeah, I know. He wouldn't want to leave Adelaide. But, um, <laughs> Money. <anyway. Wow. laughs> uh, and thirdly, um, obviously, I think everybody knows, but Dan Hanabry, um is pretty much an official St. done Kilda. deal at St. Kilda. Yeah, so a few uh, players already uh, looking to move around. Interesting. Nathan. 
Luke Dalhouse yes. to Geelong is also oh, wow. um, word on the street. Uh, was there any other trades? Uh, there was a couple of delistings that I just wanted to mention very quickly. I saw Billy Hartung got delisted today from North mm-hmm. Melbourne, and mm-hmm. that was not even 12 months after they picked him up. Interesting. Yeah, that's a bit harsh. Jimmy Tumpus as well, a former number four Good pick. Melbourne man. <laughs> I don't think there's any great surprise in, in that one, to be honest, but what sad, sad for the Tump. He was picked number four, yeah. Apparently, he if you look at the draft stats and, and that sort of stuff from the under-18 championships, he actually ranked elite, and he was the highest-ranked actual player when you look at certain things that the recruiters look at um, in the draft. So for him to flop, I guess, so much when he got out into senior footy uh, just goes to show that it's still like you can have a near as finished product as possible, mm-hmm. but but as soon as it's a, a open ball game against grown men, um, all sorts of things, you know, can go wrong. I mean, look at Watts. He's obviously been a bit of a disappointment, but they're not the only two. They're obviously, being a Melbourne supporter, seeing them two firsthand, mm-hmm. I'm sure he could rattle off five or six Essendon players that could have been, you know, <laughs> Uh, or from any club for that matter. The only reason I say Essendon is because you're Essendon fan. Yeah. No, have a go. That's all right. Thanks, thanks, you don't have to back over it. Completely <laughs> unwarranted, mate. We know we took Scott Gumbel and picked two. You can just say it. That's all right. <laughs> Kepler Bradley was a first round pick too, but anyway. And just finishing up there as well, uh, Michael Barlow from Gold Coast delisted today. Uh, really? Bit of a sad story. He was obviously a, a massive gun at Fremantle. Damo? Really quickly, too, also, boys. Um, obviously, with Goddard finishing up last week. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll be back next year? Well, we didn't get the thoughts. I didn't hear because obviously that got announced after the show last week. What were, you, were, you, were your thoughts, Daniel, on Goddard, the, the way it all played out? I'd love it if he were given another year. I think he can play, uh, but that's probably sentimental on my on, on my side as well because I'm really, really appreciative of um, not only what he did for Essendon as a club through that tumultuous mm-hmm. five years where, uh, where they went through the uh, saga, uh, but also for the game as a whole. I mean, who can forget that grand final uh, and the mark that he took against <laughs> the Pies? I mean, that's mm-hmm. etched in my brain. And mm. he, for mine, uh, even though he is such a dividing, divisive kind of character and very, very much maligned, uh, is, is just the kind of man that you want representing your club. Uh, for mine, uh, an absolute, well, proper legend of the game. So, look, that side of me wanted him to uh, kick on. Uh, and kick on with Essendon, but at the same time, I can see your point of view. Do you want to take us through it? I'd just say, obviously, I wasn't here obviously last week. I think it was a tough call what Essendon did, but it was the right call. They've got so many players coming through in that same position. I think you would have seen Aaron Francis the last couple of weeks playing that similar off half back. Yeah, How he's impressive been he's been. Yeah, um, you've got Saad off half back, McKenna off half back. Um, plenty of options to play that sweeping role across half back. But as Daniel said, don't get me wrong. For one moment, he's been sensational for the Essendon Football Club over the six years he's been there. He was there through the whole shit storm and really led the club very, very well. As you said, great player for St Kilda as well, champion in two clubs. So we wish him all the best if it is the end. Um, yeah, sensational career. Um, but boys, we might leave it there for the AFL water cooler this week, only because it was an abrief version, but it's only because we have a very, very, very special guest joining us now, fellas. It's 
Well, Damo, you do the honours. You want to introduce our guest for this evening? All right. Joining us now is a very special guest, uh, a man who played 228 games for the Melbourne Football Club, kicked 428 goals, won the 2003 Melbourne Best and Ferris, plus, if you don't mind, won the D's Leading Goal Kicker Award a massive four times. It's, of course, one of Melbourne's favourite sons, the high-flying star himself, Russell Robertson. Robo! Welcome to the show, mate. There you go. Welcome to the show. Pump up that one. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you going? Yeah, look, how can we be bad as team supporters this week? It's been a fantastic result over the last couple of weeks and a long time coming for us to make finals, so I'm pumped. You and me both, Robbo. You and me both. Thanks heaps for coming. Coming on, mate. First up, we we do really appreciate uh, appreciate it. Nathan and I are uh, uh, absolute lifelong Melbourne tra- tragic, so we can't wait to see the boys finally play in September with the big game against the Cats next week. Um, can I start off just by asking um, you, Robbo, as a former player and passionate Melbourne man, what did it mean when we beat the Eagles last week and finally qualified for the finals after such a long year drought? Uh, so such a long drought. Well, for the fans, it means a lot. I mean, for everyone, it means a lot. And that's, it has to be said. Uh, I, I think um, for a long time, we've been the whipping boys. Oh, sorry, just cut out a little bit there. Yeah, uh, we've, we've copped it from all and sundry. So to have a team that is um, you know, really performing, something that we can hang our hat on and go to work every day mm-hmm. and go to school every day and be proud to wear that red and blue, it's, uh, you know, it's been fantastic for us over the last few weeks. I was in Melbourne when we beat the, the, the Eagles on here, and I rode every part I watched, every minute out, every second of that game, mm-hmm. all the way to the end, I sweat profusely with a freezing cold day in Melbourne, but I sweated the whole game. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. To be honest, Rob, I actually shed a tear. That's that's how I was travelling, mate, when it was all said and done. Um <laughs> Now, for those for those that may not know, obviously you still work at the club, and um, how's the vibe down there going at the moment, leading up to us finally being back in September? Look, um, hey, really, catch up with my old teammate David Meek, Daniel Ward, and uh, my old coach Neil Danaher. We did a little bit of promo ahead of the Danaher drawing at something, and I had to step in to the office there and where I've worked for the last five years and uh, and, and I had to get some uh, some props for the, for the photo and I could see all the membership people copying an absolute barrage <laughs> 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 all the fans that haven't been able to get through on ticket deck unfortunately there's little understanding when it comes to this there's a lot of passion around uh, why can't I have tickets I've supported for 60 years I've been through this and that and it's really out of our hands <laughs> yeah. uh, trust, trust, trust uh, me know, I know I can imagine I'm, I may have had one or two of those thoughts myself today to be <laughs> honest but um, that's alright we'll, we'll get there yeah. how, how far do you honestly think the boys yeah. can go well deep I think given the last few weeks I had to ask that question uh, weeks before that uh, no, I, I, I probably would have thought that, you know, just just get a, a final would be fantastic. Uh, a, a great uh, learning curve for our team to have a taste of what it's like. 
uh, under the pressure of intense final football, which is, you know, all intents and purposes, it's a different game. It's, it's absolutely unique, crazy. You're um, buzzing the whole game, the crowd's huge, mm-hmm. the expectation, there's the whole idea that, you know, you know we've been wanting to do this forever. This is oh, yeah. It's beautiful. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a, um, um, for me, just getting a final was, was in a bit, but now after the last few years, I'm thinking, you know, maybe we can, you know, we can definitely beat you on, and then bring on the next. <laughs> Love it. Couldn't agree with you more, Robbo. I, I actually think we'll uh, we'll pepper them. Just to give you a bit of background, I was speaking on our podcast last week just about um, after the game against Geelong, um, you know, seething, and I kept continued to watch the telecast to see Goodwin's press conference, and they took the cameras down into the rooms, and I've never seen the boys hurt like that before, and even after all the hidings we caught, copped over all the years and I've never seen them look like that before and I, I'd said to myself at that very minute, next time we play Geelong we're going to tear them apart so um, <laughs> I'm definitely with you there and um, yeah. I'm all about next week which is which is you know um, what it's all about. Um, one one question I did have mate, we all have yeah. our favourites at the club, mine's probably you know, honestly been Nev Jetta. Um, Like as you as a fan mm-hmm. now, do you have a current like favourite D's player? Yeah, I- <laughs> It changes for me. Um, I'm not a, a like being a, a former player, and, and uh, I haven't supported the team in my entire life. Probably have a different perspective on things that uh, I appreciate um, certain kind of footballers for what I've done in the past. So I really like um, I really like guys that that uh, take a mark. Um, so I'm really watching those guys a lot in the forward line and how they go about it. Um, you know, it, it changes from week to week. I really love Tom McDonald over the, the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Yeah, very years. nice. I think he's, he's really embedding that we've wanted to um, put in place at the football club in terms of the culture, in terms of attack on the ball, in terms of, you know, intensity and leadership down on the ground. He brings it every single week. He keeps straight. Um, so I like him a lot. But I guess I think I'm going to go with everybody really in the middle of the ground. Well, not everybody, maybe down the middle, but Clary Oliver for me. What a start. What a season. He's yeah. Else, and I think he's next to the winner down on the medalist, uh, medal this year. Clary will win one of the next years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because, uh, um, everyone has told them, and there's been records this year set in the last couple of years, Dangerfield and Quince with their contested ball um, gets and, 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 and clearances. He's just going to smash new numbers that you wouldn't believe and, and rival Mitchell, I think, in possession. So, yeah, oh, I love him, I reckon. Very, uh, very good answer, mate. Uh, one, one thing I did want to ask you just, just on that: Do you ever bring the, the bag out and uh, take a few hangers at training and show, show the boys <laughs> this, this is how it's done? <laughs> Oh God, it's a forgotten <laughs> art form. I think they would have taken big bags. Mate, I was there for a while, and I can't really speak from years before that. Um, but then, uh, you know, the, the Wiz had a go at it. I came in uh, just probably a little bit after him. Jeremy Howe held the, uh, he really held a really high standard of hanging um, for, for, for a term there. But then it sort of dropped off a little bit, and that's okay because. The game's different now. I play the contested brand of football. I'm kicking, uh, you know, forwards or forwards. They look forward at the ball rather than back. 
uh, a different era. So, you know, Hannon can take a mark, I think. Um, yep, yeah, he goes pretty right. good at that. Um, just would get up there, and, and I think Harmby, over the last couple of weeks, uh, really won, won himself a, a couple of um, fans, the way he's gone about it too. He can play anywhere, he's a utility, he can be a tagger, he can be a, uh, a ball getter, he can be a forward, he can be a mid. So, um, yeah. Harmsey was best on ground last week for mine. He was he played really, really well. Um well, well, just to retouch on your career as a player, obviously some pretty high accolades um that we mentioned before, you know, two hundred and twenty eight games, four hundred and twenty eight goals and B and F to name a few. What what would you say like your proudest achievement in footy was as, as a player? Oh, unfortunately, we didn't get the premiership. I'm very proud of our finals uh, appearances. I'm proud of a few proud of a few things now that I'm retired and you get to look back retrospectively. There's a couple of uh, performances that I put in that I sort of hold my hat. Oh, so just, yeah, I hold my uh, held up my head up high too. Um, so I got the kids chatting in the back of the big board. I played against. Um, Long down in uh, Geelong and, and played on some really handy backs down there. You know, you've got Tom Harley and Maxwell and Scarlett, um, and you know, averaging seven goals that day and, and, and win the game and head back to Melbourne. You talk to any Hawthorne player, I'll say Premiership, but for Melbourne, we, we sort of, uh, you know, we don't have those. Mm. We don't have the trophy cabinet in the last 15 years, so I've got to, mm-hmm. I have to say, a personal accolade for me was. And he's winning the, the best in Paris for the Melbourne Football Club in yes. 2003. Nice. Something that I never thought in a million years that I would have ever do. The thing about me was, oh, I saw a thing, just a, you know, he's a flash in the pan. So yeah. uh, he's just going to do a mark every now and then, or take a mark, or kick a goal. But, and that's about it. You know, you're going to get some him. So we, we accept that. I didn't accept that. I knew that I was good enough. I, I knew that I could beat anyone on the day, and I knew that I had consistency. And he voted on a couple of occasions as the most consistent player. That, that was something that I said to my dad after I won them all. There you go. You know, we sort of proved for a lot of people that I am a good footballer, not just one of those ones that can take a mark and can just get the goal. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, you take a, a Melbourne BNF any day of the week, mate. Um, personally, my my best memory as a fan is probably the day on on Queen's birthday you kicked seven. That was the, not a bad day out, and to to go well against Collingwood on that day and any time would be something that you take. Yeah, well, it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely, very true. Well, well, it's Nathan here. I just wanted to. Uh, I'm a D's fan, obviously, as well, but I'm more interested in uh, who was the best opponent. That you played up against? Yeah, it's a good question because I've gotten a few really handy halfbacks over yep. the years. Um, uh, Scarlow was obviously uh, tough, but he wasn't tough for me. He was uh, set for uh, a neat type. I was uh, a bit more mobile and uh, never really had that. But I started out against Tom Harley, I thought he was really good. Joel Smith was a tough matchup because he could sort of uh, keep up with you and you're very smart and get the ball himself. But the ultimate for me was probably James Clement, who played for Colin. Jimmy Clement, so he, yes. Uh, back he, for, yeah, for me, he was probably the triple-double even, you know, four things. He could, he could run all day. He was smart, mm-hmm. get the ball himself, 
um, and he was really strong. So, um, yeah, I'd say James Clement was my top of the time. Then he got with more modern day guys like Dale Morris. I'm maybe not that modern anymore. Dale Morris <laughs> was really top because he was locked down. He didn't really bother about getting the ball. He just wanted to make sure he didn't get it. And then Heretia Lomba. Um, oh, yep. Yes. Really strong and hard to run around. So those those three four guys are, you know, Dean Solomon as well. And then you go back a little bit. Um, I know I'm giving you a few, but there's a lot of goals that fall in the back line that I really like. That Louis McGrath was uh, always tough to play on the wall. So you know, I, I love it now. Living by Morris and go down to the Sharks every now and then. Louis McGrath coaches them down there, and, and to be able to sort of have a a really decent conversation with him and be held in high regard by him and I hold him in high regard. Uh, that, that's really satisfying that, you know, these great... I mean, I see him as an absolute champion and a superstar. Oh, yeah. And for him to talk to me like I'm on, you know, on the same level, it just blows me away still. So, <laughs> yeah, um, nice. I lead a very blessed life, boys. Thanks, Robbo. Um, you would have heard some ripping sledges over the years, mate. Any that come to mind? <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the best one? I've seen Burns. He, uh, he uh, has a great story. He was uh, in Melbourne now. He's one of our guys. But, um, he's more of a development music after our Casey guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, <laughs> I have to tell the story. I wasn't there and I love it so much. We know what sort of story Shannon Burns is, right? He's a place Yeah. Yep. He, uh, he was out in the ground against the Brisbane Lions. And I know what it was like to play against the Brisbane Lions, especially through those half <laughs> lapping um, Akinmanis days. They oh, were man. Pretty intimidating. Good. Um, and, and they were good on the left, too. Uh, <laughs> right. I had my troubles down the back, in the back line with Leper and Kennedy and these guys, the Scott <laughs> twins. And, uh, this day, Shannon Burns is... Shannon Burns is... Oh, yeah. In the, in the middle of the ground, just after half time, the yep. ball's gone up in the air and it bundled around, and down the boundary line, and the umpire's about to uh, throw it in, and then Vossi apparently has run up. Michael Voss, I'm talking about, he's run up and he said, "Hang on, hang on, hang on! Stop the game! Stop the game!" And everyone, because it's Michael Voss, the, the umpires, everyone <laughs> stopped. They're not going like, "Okay, I'm going to stop the game." And he goes. There's still a mini league guy out in the front. I think that's, that's fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I played on I played on Brian Lake as well, and Brian Lake is a you know a great he's a, he's a great bloke. Like he really is. Mm. And, you know, he's um, he's going to spoil me. He's knocked me to the ground. He's given me a couple of goals. We're like a traditional back number. Yeah. And I'm on the bottom of the pack. And I looked up, up at him after he hit me in the, cha- in the jails. It took a bit of exception to it, and I called him a, a fat so-and-so. <laughs> so you can add your exclusion in your mind. You yeah, know we can fill in the blanks, yeah. And uh, he sort of looked, he, he stood up, and he looked at himself up and down, and he said, come on, plump, not fat. And <laughs> 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 I thought that was brilliant, and, he, he and I had no comeback from that, so I had a gig and we ran back to our position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Now, one question, Robbo, I've always wanted to ask you, mate. Now, obviously, you would have played with a lot of great players over the days. Gary Lyon, the Ox, just to name a couple that come to mind. Nita. Nita, as you mentioned before. Who would you yeah. say is the yeah. best player you ever played with at the D's over your career? Yes. 
Good question. I mean, natural talent is something that we don't see a lot of the... We're actually the best of a lot of guys. Yeah. Because of whatever reason, for whatever reason, David Schwartz has got to be. Mm. That, for us, as Melbourne yep. supporters, we, we all hate the fact that we didn't get to see the best. And I think any other supporter anywhere in other clubs really do appreciate how David Schwartz really was. He was a star, yeah. 93, 94 final series. This is something else. And, you know, they say on track to be better than Wayne Carey and really tear the game apart. And I think he would have, I think he would have taken the game streaks ahead if he had not done those the injury mm. um, defenders would have had to change the way they go about it and play a more modern game faster than, and the game would have evolved a lot faster on the back of David Schwartz um, he was a modern day footballer and now he'd go out there and he'd, he'd dance around and do those pirouettes that he was doing and the marks that weren't uh, they weren't and a half old punkin marks they were Roy Hart style yeah. Um, mobile, um, just strong paradox. And, you know, I, I hate the fact that we, did, we didn't get to see the best of him, even though I came to the club in 97, mm. when Schwarter was coming back from his last, his third. Um, but he still was able to do those things of training that a lot of us didn't get to see, I think, and that's disappointing for everyone. We just sit back at training and go, Jesus, this guy's <laughs> 110 yeah. kegs and he's dancing around like, and he did have a laugh, a hot time of training. Out in the ground, he was the best fun to play football. Well, he really was, and that's why he was <laughs> terrific. So, natural talent, David Schwartz. David Nitz, obviously, we know he's hands down the best Melbourne player of the last however long mm-hmm. because of what he was able to do. And I think Adam, he's named Jeff Farmer as well. Was, the Wiz. The two of the guys that I played with. But, yeah, the Wiz in that uh, 98, and even 2000. I think he was doing things that Stars, made yeah. us all the show. Wow, what was <laughs> that, you know? Uh, yeah. Champions of the game. Now, one other question I wanted to ask you, Rob, and I've always wanted to ask you this as well, is it fact or myth that you were discovered from the days off the footy show and almost footy legends? Is that true, or is that just uh, urban myth? No, that's actually the truth. It's the yeah, truth. There you go. Well. Well, there was a couple of marks uh, that I took. Now... I have to be honest and say that I was playing in a VS as well as it was back then, which is a track cut now, and I was playing for Tasmania. Yep. So I was playing in Victoria every second week, and I was getting really good exposure. I kicked 50 odd goals from a football position, and we only played about 16 games because we got the Kiel Cup as it was back then, which is now your national championship. Mm, yep. uh, so that's, that's a decent return for a um, oh, full yeah. forward, and I suppose I got the interest of Melbourne, and they asked me to come and play a game um, in the reserves because you had the Melbourne Reserves at Pump Road back then but it's good days you can go and watch the reserves play Pump Road and then you go and watch the seniors you can't do that anymore it's funny but anyway that's what we did I uh, played as a top up player from the under 18 competition because you could do that if you're down on numbers you drag them up from the under 18 that's what I did I played two games for Melbourne interestingly enough and so they did have one eye on me Nice. But, yep. as I found out later on from Chris Fagan and Don Barron and Chris Kamerschwab and the guys there, that they were all sitting down watching the footy show tonight <laughs> when they saw these two marks. And I've got to say, I've taken some marks in my career and seen them all. And, you know, those two were something else. For me, they were, they were huge. I was small, thinner, a <laughs> uh, lot, lot less weight to jump up with. I was right up on top of these guys. And, 
still down these massive marks and uh, nothing ever surpassed those. <laughs> I don't think in my race for career. That's okay. I can put on about 20, 30 kilos. I can travel with muscle and all that. You know, yeah. doing weights all the time. But anyway, <laughs> you know, and look, when you're playing in the fold long in the NFL and you're playing on John Wall's fold, you do need that extra 20 kilos, I see, right? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, they, they sent down Donnie Barney with Yumi and they said, look, we clean these marks. We might pick you up in the draft. And they did. They picked, they picked me up as an off chance that I might be something in the. Just how how was that feeling that when you did find out though that your name got called and and you're actually officially an AFL player? Well, it's interesting because down in Tasmania, you never had the uh, well, even in 1997, the draft wasn't televised. You know, it was, you know, it was starting to ramp up a little bit, but it was all uh, radio stuff for us down there at Tassie. Um, it may have been uh, televised over in Victoria, not for sure. Yeah, but we all. Us guys that were vying to get drafted, we all tuned into our radio sets, uh, I suppose, down in Tasmania. And well, I couldn't find it. I was at college down there in year 12. I was living away from home, billeted out and down in Hobart to uh, play in the under 18 competition. I decided I was going to skip school that day and see if I'd get picked up. And, um, couldn't find it on the radio. And the wireless, so I bloody kicked it and went to school. I got to school and and <laughs> um, I was sitting in the common room and someone came in and said, did you hear? Four blokes have been drafted from Tasmania. And I got my hopes up a little bit and he reeled off the names and said, you're not one of them, Robo, unfortunately. In Tasmania, we only get one a year and I don't know if we got any last year. You know, it's been different down there um, back in the day. To have four was like, oh, God. So, anyway, into the school day when another old mate having his eighteenth, so we all uh, went to his party now. It was an hour away from Hobart. There were forty five minutes from Hobart this bloody party. So we're talking real bush. So we went to this <laughs> property and we're all drinking booze and I'm thinking, what am I gonna do with my life? <laughs> it was eight o'clock at night and the phone rang. I was I was half tanked uh, <laughs> on some cheap Bloody something, UDL. One of my teammates, one of my teammates said, Robbie, what are you doing? I said, uh, oh, I'm down at like, um, uh, Bugalogs' party. Uh, what are you doing? He said, uh, you, don't, you actually don't know, do you? I remember his words. His, his next words, I'll never forget it. You don't know, do you? I said, no, what? He said, you've been drafted to Melbourne, mate. <laughs> said, yeah, mate, that's a cruel joke. I know that four blokes have been drafted, and I wasn't one of them, so you can go and get stuff. And he, said, <laughs> uh, he said, no, mate, my dad and me, he crying because he was a really close mate. His dad was a Melbourne supporter. He said, you've been drafted around here. Tell me the little joke and say, I'm going on, mate, I'll call me mum. So I hung up with him and I rang mum. And as soon as she heard the voice, she started crying. Oh, <laughs> I knew then. The graph has been done for bloody 10 hours. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a feeling, <laughs> though, eh? Hey? Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Now, Robbo, one other thing, mate, just wanted to ask you. You did mention before about your ex-coach, Neil Danaher. Um, obviously, over the last few yep. years, we've all got to learn a lot more about Neil through his, obviously, public fight with MND. Just if you give us a bit, a bit of a background on what it was like to be coached by the great man and what he, what he was like as a man back then. Yeah, it's, it's an easy answer. It was awesome, you know. But that's yeah. hindsight. Every time I said he's, he's a prick. 
It seemed like he wanted more than we could give, and he was going to destroy us to get it out of us. I'm talking about pre-season training and, mm-hmm. and runs and, and, you know, not dedication. We knew that we had to give that, but I'm talking about a physical version. And yeah. we would go to the point of near death on, on some of these camps. Yeah. But we did it, and we did it because he had this knack of dragging it out of us through the psychology of, of it all. He was really good at understanding who you were, what you were, and, and rather than say, please do this, guys, because we want to win a premiership, yeah. he'd work with you one-on-one mm. and get on mind tricks or something, you know, because he was just, <laughs> even for me, he'd say, you know, Robbo, you're uh, a good player, I need you, I want you, you, you've got two parts to you, there's Russell, who's the hard-working, hard-at-it, Never questions the contest. Um, works his butt off in the gym. All of those things. And then there's Robbo who takes that mark, kicks the goal, and turns to the members and puts the fingers in the air and you know, good and white sort of stuff. He said, yeah, I, nice. he said, I want the guy that's in between those two things. I'm not saying I don't want those goals and those marks. I need those goals and those marks because they lift your team. But I don't need the guy that punches the crap out of the bench when I bring you off the ground. <laughs> I want, you know, this. And... And, you know, by not talking to me at times, by talking to me all the time, he, he, I look back and I go, I needed him. I needed him more than he needed me. Mm. He taught me how to be a man. He taught me how to... And you hear this from Ron Barassi every time we talk to him. You hear it from Johnny Beckwith. You hear it from uh, um, all those guys uh, that played back, you know, Louis Adams back underneath Norm. They, they, they hated his stuff. Phil mm. Spencer used to tell me he hated Norm Smith. He wanted to, you know, leave the club because of me. He, but, but they respected the crap out of him. <laughs> and they would all stand fiercely behind him. And, and they did, famously, in 1965, when he was sacked and they had some hands stood beside him on TV. And they, that's when the, uh, of course, the. the, the the curse of Norm Smith started, and we haven't won a premiership ever since. But mm-hmm. yeah, they say the same thing about uh, Norm, Norm Smith that we say about me about an hour and a side today. And every time I see him, I just want to cuddle him and say thank you <laughs> nice. for the life you've given me for the, for the chance that I've got. Because I awesome. know that there was a couple of people that said to him, and one of them was his mentor, get rid of that Robertson City, no good. He stuck with me, so I did that. That's yeah, an absolutely sure. fascinating insight there, Robbo. I, I wanted to change it up a little. Now, you're still playing local footy uh, these days, and for those who didn't see it in the news recently, uh, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about that absolutely massive bag you kicked for Dufton last month. <laughs> um, just uh, lazy 15 uh-huh. snags. Uh, how did that yeah. one feel? Yeah, settle in, boys. Uh, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, it was the ball just came out of the middle of the ground. We played a pretty decent side, and uh, it wasn't one of those long sort of affairs, but we played some good football that day, and it, it landed in my hands, and I always say, if you kick front, every time you have a shot on goal, you can always kick a bag, so seven in the first quarter really helped, I always had to tip it away <laughs> for the next three quarters, um, 
and got to 15 in the end, and that's uh, going to finish my this year for Tiger Double. I said that four years ago, though. They always get me back because I still feel kind of fit. So, yeah. you know, I love the game of football and I love being around football clubs. I walk in and straight away someone's in here about the shot you got on or someone's in here about the thing you did on the footy show or someone is in here and you just love them get you back up. You sort of, it's almost like a, oh, thank God, this is better, you know. You're <laughs> yeah. back yeah. Up my life. <laughs> and I love it. I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome stuff, mate. Very now, obviously, Robbo, you're a proud Tasmanian. Yeah. You are, yep. Now, just interested, mate, what are your current thoughts on, I guess, the current state of Tasmanian footy? Uh, what do you think probably needs to be done to hopefully, I guess, one day maybe finally get a proper side up there in the AFL? Yeah, look, I, the one thing I feel pleased about is that Tasmania is respected by people like here uh, for, the, mm-hmm. for the talent that's come out of there. And, and, and I think there's some real questions about the business in Tasmania and whether it can, um, you know, I suppose, sustain itself without mm. AFL. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got a lot of pressure at the moment from the Gold Coast situation. It's all less than a great GWS. They've got to mm. make those two places sustainable in, 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 you know, not necessarily a self-fueling area. You know, they're not wrong. Exactly. Sort of the, the gates because of the, you know, the support of other codes. But anyway... If you want to be a national game, you do this. I still believe that you will get um, some real uh, interest down in Tasmania. People will go to Tasmania and watch these games. Um, I think it's something that they're building towards. It's what the people want. And if the people want that, then they've got to do it. The state of the game down there as it currently stands, um, it's not good. It's in disarray. Um, mm. People are down there trying to fix it. They've yeah. dabbled with a few different things. And that failed, and it's not necessarily because of the people that are in charge, it's because of the way Tasmania is set up in terms of the demographic of population. It's spread out. Mm-hmm. You've got the northwest right. where I'm from, which is where Bernie being poured and throwed. Smithton. You've got uh, the north, which is your Launceston, and then you've got your south, which is Hobart and surrounding areas. Yep, the exactly. The yeah. between those places, we're talking two and a half, three hours between mm. the two. Right. Uh, yeah. and Hobart, and then another hour and a half where I'm from. So, People, you know, are they travelling down every single week from murder for the watch a game on the MCG? Yeah. No, yeah. they're not. Yeah. You know, yeah. they'll watch the game on the, on the telly. Yeah. And that's yeah. just going to happen to Tasmania too. You're not going to drive from Smithton. It's going to take you four hours to watch a game in Hobart, or I don't know if it's going to be at Launceston. So these are the things that need to be worked out. Yeah. And it's not working with the local football competitions either. No, I, I was saying for Bernie, and I, I don't get up at five o'clock to go down and play a reserve game against North Hobart. Yep. You know, if you're a 22-year-old tradie, um, doing that every weekend and trying to sustain a missus and a family, yeah, exactly 25, right. 26, mm. it, it, it doesn't work, does it? You know, you don't no, get paid for that either. Yeah. You know, it's through statewide football. So, uh, it's it's a big, big... Over here in Victoria, you've got your ovens and Murray, and that's, that's an area. You've got Gold Valley, you've got your... South East, it's, you know, all these leads are sort of combined to one area. That's coming that far. In Chasney, it really is. It's a struggle. Yeah, no, for sure. That's fair, Robert. Just uh, moving directions slightly. As far as growing up, uh, who did you barrack for and who most influenced you growing up as well? Yeah, look, I'm the blue bagger. I mean, uh, <laughs> blue bagger. Really? Yeah. Water cart influence. <laughs> 
To be honest, Robbo, uh, I could have seen you as a Dominator fan. Uh, now that you've said that, bit of Wayne oh, Johnson yeah, in the way that you played. The, the, um, yeah, well, he's my dad's, my dad's favourite because, you know, he was probably just a bit before my time, the Dom. He, um, he, you know, those final series through the 80s, he was unbelievable. If you ask my dad, he'd be the same, salivating over him. But yeah, I was more the, uh, the Bradley Kernahan, Zoss, Gleason, both of the year. That was me. Yeah, for sure. Beautiful. Now, uh, uh, Robbo, you obviously, uh, well, I'm a massive music man myself, and obviously post-AFL football, you've got heavily into the uh, music side of things yourself. Uh, can you tell our listeners and, uh, well, us as well, where can we go to follow you on social media or even see you play live, mate? Yeah, so I'm Rusty Robertson Transporting on Instagram, Rusty Robertson24. Jump on there and, and, and just on Facebook, I tend to follow everyone back and I, I promote where I'm playing. I do it actually with um, music with my band and Phil Sobrano. We're playing a, ga- a gig with Kate soon. I get to play awesome. with these amazing Beautiful. people all the time just through what I've done in the past and, and I'm still learning to really. I learned how to play piano when I was a kid because my dad was a very talented keyboard player. And, yep. uh, he said, yeah, I the only music thing, when you can't wow anyone with football anymore, you can still entertain people with a bit of music. Like, uh, I did yes. the uh, piano for a few years. When I got drafted, you can't really throw the piano with everywhere you go. I bought a guitar and I, I taught myself how to play that. And my sister sings, so, you know, we're not over here, so I had to do the thing. And it just sort of developed from there. And, you know, I was on the free show the other night screaming away, I know that was... We saw it. It. I was good. Yeah, I'm just living the dream, really, guys. I really am. I've got a seven-year-old son Love who it. is just football mad. He doesn't watch the game. He doesn't know who anyone other than Jesse Hogan is. Because I said, have <laughs> any favourite player you wanted them? You can have any favourite player you want in our football club. It has to be a forward. So we can't. Yeah, exactly right. For and sure. uh, he. Uh, he, he's going to be a little good little player too. Uh, he's starting really? to come up and show some really good signs. I know he's only seen what he's lightning quick. And he loved to kick a goal. And I can't, you know, fold him for that. <laughs> Just <laughs> like his old man. Father, son, for sure. Hey, uh, Robert, yeah. um, how, did Clary, how did Clary react the other night to getting called a bogan in the, in the song on the footy show? 
Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna stay away from Clarence for a couple of weeks. Um, at the moment, yeah. So, I didn't uh, choose the word Clarence. He's he's just all over the shop. I, I, I walk away talking to Clary, just going, "What the hell was that?" What, 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 <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll take your word for it. So that that's pretty much all from us, mate. We just wanted to thank you again for your time. Um, it's very much appreciated, and obviously, let's hope it's a, a grand old flag this September, mate. You know, go D's. Go um, D's. Thanks, boys. Cheers, Robbo. Really Thanks, appreciate mate. your Thanks time, mate. You're an absolute legend. Appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Thanks. Thank you. Robbo. Wowee, what a super treat that was, guys. That was uh, very, very good. Safe to say, a pretty much a career highlight for me on the Sportsweed podcast. <laughs> uh, what a great storyteller, Liam, don't you reckon? That was brilliant. That was great to have Robbo on. We really do appreciate it and uh, really enjoyed that story. Uh, what did he say? He had about 14 UDLs when he found out he'd been drafted. We'd all had a few UDLs back in the day, but love that. That was an awesome, uh, awesome to have Robbo on. Really did uh, enjoy that. What a great guy. Um, Great of Robbo to give up his time and uh, it was great to take a trip down memory lane with some of the stories talking about the Wiz and the Ox and uh, a few of the other Melbourne boys. Uh, Don't forget to get around uh, Robbo on social media and speaking of social media, Daniel. Yeah, uh, first, uh, as you guys mentioned, just a great bloke so I appreciate your time of course, Robbo and um, yeah, very, very insightful words and uh, really, really appreciate having you on. Bleeds red and blue, can't you? You can definitely see he still reads uh, bleeds red and blue. Good, good Melbourne say. man. Uh, but yeah, Damo, as you mentioned, uh, don't forget to get around Robbo. And of course, uh, when you do get an opportunity, like our page on Facebook, give us a follow, subscribe, rate, etc. We really do appreciate all your support, Liam. I think he also did say that he has his own website, so... Go to that to see where, where Giggs is playing and so forth. So uh, we've all heard him sing before on TV. He's pretty bloody good, Robbo. So Absolutely. Definitely worth uh, checking out there. So once again, a huge thanks thanks to Russell Robertson for joining us on the Sports Week podcast tonight. Now, boys, before we finish off tonight, we've got the return of Nate's baby, we should say. <laughs> Local legend segment. So for those who haven't heard about the segment before, Nate, do you want to just tell us a bit about what it is? Absolutely. So we're getting around all our local listeners. Uh, any sporting team, uh, if you want to obviously with finals uh, coming up, cricket season coming up, tell us about uh, what's happening, who's signed uh, and pop up your sponsors of course. This week we're going to Keelor Football Club. We're actually really lucky because the women's team there is uh, playing, uh, just played in the grand final against Bendigo which they just fell short of getting the chocolates there but we're lucky enough to uh, get on one of the superstar players and she's actually uh, played her last game, she told me on the weekend. Hanging up the boots. Hanging up the boots. So we're lucky to get another Another awesome uh, interview, so uh, let's go to it. So just tell me a bit about your uh, season, how you guys been going, and um, uh, as far as any challenges that you've overcome this year? Yeah, sure. Um, it's been, it's, we've had a really good season. It's, uh, we came up, obviously, last year from the EDFL and um, wanted to challenge ourselves again. So, um, yeah, we've had a good season. We, Like probably most teams, we had a few um, injury setbacks at the start of the year. We lost some key players in our team, and, um, Jeff Adder and Cal Gent. So um, that was unfortunate for us, and we've uh, had a few other things during the year, of course. But, um, look, we've had a really good season, a good collective of girls. We had a number of juniors come up and play their first year in seniors this year, and they've done really, really well, and I think it's been a good learning curve for them. Um, and then obviously we've retained a number of different, uh, a number of the girls from our 
BDFL team last year and um, mm-hmm. they're all doing really well as well. So it's been a good and fun season for us. Nice. So you guys come over from Essendon District Footy League to the to the Northern Footy League now. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we had a um, first ever senior women's team last year at BDFL so, um, and we managed to take that league out. So we've moved into um, the Northern Football League um, this year and, and see how we go. Oh, you took it out in your first season? We did, we did. Oh, that's awesome. A number of girls that hadn't played football before, myself included, um, <laughs> okay. a number of basketballers. So, and, and I was there was a couple of um, girls that had played football, of course, at um, Keel or uh, juniors, but for the most part, we were in your team. So, that's good. we've done really well. Yeah, proud of the girls. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, maybe tell us a bit about yourself, Jill. So, it's your first first year or second year? Yeah, it's my second year. So I've um, I've played basketball my whole life, um, yep. and I decided I'd retire from that. <laughs> Somehow I got dragged into playing football, which, <laughs> which I'm very much grateful for. Um, so I've only played this only my second year playing football, and just surrounded by a bunch of girls, really. And that's that's some key for me. I just like to have fun with what I'm doing. So I've really enjoyed it, but I'll be going out this year. I'm going to finish up and do some other things, but um, yeah. I'm very much enjoying it. I'll stay part of the club, but time to do other things for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what did you find the biggest challenge from moving from basketball to football was? Oh. <laughs> um, there's so many similarities. I guess the fitness is completely different um, fitness ball game, so yeah. it was that. But... Um, to be honest, I actually found football to be much better on my body, believe it or not, than really? basketball. Yeah, I think, I don't know if um, it's just hitting the pavement or the, the court all the time. But, yeah. um, it was hard work on my body, but um, look, the challenges, I guess, are usual. Niggles and stuff with injuries, but um, like I said before, it's not such a good group of girls down here. It's kind of been easy for me to turn up every week, and I think um, I'm probably... Fair in saying that's the same for every one of the girls in our team. We just we've got a really good bunch, a good collective, and um, we get along so well that it just makes it easy and enjoyable to turn up every week. Absolutely, it makes it definitely easy to play when everyone gets along. Um, and how about yourself? What position are you playing this year in the footy? Yeah, sure. Um, this year, uh, similar to last year, I'm playing mostly on ball, and yep. I rotate um, on ball to to back pocket or half back. Okay. So it's um. That's good for me because I like to run, so I'm happy with that. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it's fun to learn, learn something new. Good. And you mentioned you're thinking about retirement at the end of the season to move on to other things. Not thinking, definitely retiring. Definitely retiring, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, number, won't be talking to it. Number of <laughs> you won't be talking to another year? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm going to some other things. Um, but uh, I'm not the only one retiring. There'll be a number of girls from our team that will retire this year. I think there's probably about seven of them. And then, um, yeah, we'll see where the other girls end up. I'm sure a number will stay on and a number of them will move on to do um, bigger and better things as well. So Yeah, cool. So, uh, Jill, do you listen to the show? I do. Oh, great. Have you heard about segments Sinners and Winners? <laughs> I, um, I certainly have. All right, cool. So if you had to nominate a sinner of the club, throw someone under the bus... Who would it be and, and why? <laughs> yeah, okay. Straight in the but uh, I think I'll give this one to um, our little little rookie in Sab this year. She's a real little go-getter. 
um, on the field, but she also gives it a little bit of a rev up at the start of the game. She gives us a dance. This should be Drake or something, some other tune that I don't know. Um, <laughs> she shows up her dance moves before a game often, and that can be pretty good entertainment for us. Gets us revved up a little bit so they can go to dance. Good. So the secret of your success is a bit of Drake. You know, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe, sadly. I was, yeah, I was more of a, a Metallica or a Guns N' Roses before my footy game myself. We do have our, our little, little girl, Brookie T. She's a Metallica or heavy metal girl. <laughs> Beautiful. And if you had to choose a winner, who would it be and why? Oh, I can't name one winner. <laughs> no, I'll name our overall team. They're just a, a really, really good bunch of girls. We've had a lot of fun and... Um, We've got some great leaders amongst the group and, and a lot of quality um, coming up amongst the ranks and also um, we'll hopefully continue um, to carry the uh, team next year. So um, I won't pick an individual winner. I'm just going to go the cliche with the whole team. <laughs> okay, Jill. Awesome. Awesome. And um, did you have any sponsors that you want to sort of acknowledge? or? Uh... Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got a number of different sponsors. I'm just to name a few. I'm going to help uh, both the club but also just um, the women's. Uh, league to the Lord is a killer hotel. There's Body Rock, Munoz, uh, France, and CES uh, Electrical Services, just to name a couple. Awesome. Always good to have the sponsors, that's for sure. Absolutely. Much appreciated. Beautiful, beautiful. And thank you for being a local legend. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks heaps to Jill there for being on Local Legends. Boys, did Brilliant. you enjoy that? Very nice. Uh, well, yeah, that was really good. That shame, was sensational. Shame for Jill to finish her career on a bad note, um, but still playing a grand final, no no small achievement. And, and thanks for the Keeler Football Club giving their time. Big, that, thank you. That's a massive, massive effort. Yeah, very, very grateful there. I think we should say once again, boys, uh, huge thanks to Robbo for coming on tonight and also from the Keeler Football Club as well to have two guests in one night. We're pretty pumped about that. Damo? Uh, just wanted to also just take a second to um, mention to all of our first-time viewers who might be getting behind the show uh, for the first time this evening, uh, we are a sports podcast. Um, tonight's been f- obviously f- heavily focused on the AFL, being first week of the uh, AFL finals mm-hmm. and, and having Robbo on with us tonight and, and obviously um, the yep. Kilo Football Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do also focus a lot on um, other sports such as NBA, uh, the little bit of rugby league, uh, obviously... Football. Or may I add? Soccer, A-League, lots of uh, – and the Spring Carnival coming up soon, mm-hmm. boys. NBA, uh, Big Bash. Excited about up. that. But, um, yeah, definitely get behind us every week, and um, we do throw a lot of variety in there, and, and obviously we hope that you enjoy it. Very well said, Damo. So, yeah, plenty coming up on a lot of different sports in the coming weeks. But it's been a huge show, boys. Uh, I think we've all really enjoyed tonight to have uh, a big guest like Robbo on. So really do uh, want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Any last words, Daniel? No, just uh, I think uh, Damo said it pretty well. Uh, it was very uh, AFL heavy today, but get around us. We do definitely discuss other sports. Uh, we are, as the tune uh, suggests, four blokes with a different take. Uh, <laughs> we don't really take ourselves all that seriously, but we love chatting our sports. So engage with us, get behind us, and uh, you shan't regret it. Any chance you could uh, sing the theme song on the way out there, Dan? Maybe for a special grand final edition or something, uh, I might get around it, Damo. <laughs> Maybe Robbo can play guitar if yes. you ask him nicely. Very nice. I might ask him next time around. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But uh, once again, thanks for tuning in. It's great to be back after a little hiatus myself. So Welcome back, Liam. Welcome yeah. back, sir. Thank you very much. Only Nate clapped. Uh, thanks, Daniel. <laughs> I'm just trying to get on next week. <laughs>
<laughs> but thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, it's been a huge show, and uh, we look forward to hearing you all next week. Cheers. Mm-hmm.